Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're honored that you join us here. Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. We chose that name because we believe that the words and ways of Jesus are very beautiful. And so each week we're bringing content to help make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and dive in to this past Sunday's sermon. You know, when you're little, when you're a little kid, what is the best part about Christmas? Presents. Yep, I heard it. Presents are the best part of Christmas. I mean, I have a little girl, and I mean, she just cannot handle it that there are gifts underneath the Christmas tree because that is what Christmas is all about for her. She is so excited about presents. And then people tell us when we're kids, well, that is not the reason for the season. Christmas is not about the presents, kids. It is about Jesus, baby Jesus coming to the earth. Well, listen, Pastor Pradeepan and I, this morning, we have a little bit of an argument where we want to say, we actually think that Christmas is about presents, and we're going to tell you why. Yes, and I'm going to read the scripture right now. John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. So our Heavenly Father gave us Jesus, which we would argue is the best gift ever. Can I get a good amen? Uh, uh, The present of his presence. And you know, we've been singing songs and been celebrating Christmas. And we see this theme of gifts everywhere. In fact, our four-year-old daughter, Nala, just celebrated and did a Christmas program at her school where she sang songs like the 12 days of Christmas which is a lot of words for me to memorize. I don't have it memorized, but our four-year-old daughter was able to sing it. And uh, do you know those lyrics? Like, let's start with the four days. All right, on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Calling birds, three, two, Anna, Anna. Okay. Wow. About half of us know the lyrics. Well done. But in our argument about Christmas being about gifts, even this song, did you know that it's not just a song about giving someone wild birds? (laughs) Which, pro tip, do not give someone that many wild birds. It's dangerous. I think it's illegal, and it might be unethical. But anyways, uh, even in that song, it's a cryptic message of sharing the gospel for people who aren't able to proclaim the gospel boldly, talk about Christianity boldly in times when it was illegal. Did you know this? That there's actually hidden messages in that song? Like, for example, on the first day of Christmas, the partridge in the pear tree represents Jesus dying on the cross because the partridge bird, the mother specifically, is known that it will die for its young in order to protect the baby so that they'll move forward, just like how Jesus died on the cross, on the tree, so that we could have life life and life abundantly. Did you know that cryptic message? All right, let me go on then. The two turtle doves, they represent the Old and the New Testament in the scriptures. Ah, okay. You guys, you're feeling my credibility now. The, the three French hens represent the faith, hope, and love we see in the book of Corinthians. And uh, the four calling birds, anybody know what that is? 
It's the Gospels calling out about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I could go on and on, but there's this message in the gifts. And in the same way, I believe that we're singing songs about gifts. We're celebrating the gift of Jesus. We're giving gifts to one another. We recognize that the Magi gave gifts to Jesus in the original Christmas story. So we boldly declare that Christmas is about gifts, Mom. Can I get a good amen? Christmas is about the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. And so I, I acknowledge that we're giving gifts, but if we're honest, some of us also have a hard time receiving gifts. In fact, it, it makes us feel a little bit awkward. Anybody here have a hard time receiving gifts? I mean, uh, Amritha, one time, she got me a gift. And uh, let's just say I did not respond the right way. Well, believe it or not, this man is difficult to shop for, okay, and giving him a gift. I mean, really, how do you get a guy uh, a gift when he already has the perfect gift? Me. Help me. Someone, help me. <laughs> so, I got this job, and it's my first pastoral job, and I'm moving from Minnesota to Michigan. I have uh, this 1982 Dodge Ram truck, and I had to pack all of my life in this truck. So I'm nervous. What am I going to throw away? What am I going to pack before I drive across the country? And then uh, Amritha, she gives me this gift. I unwrap it, and it's a 10-foot by 10-foot map of the entire world. And I'm thinking, how am I going to fit this in my truck? It's going to be like a sail on the back of my vehicle. Like, how am I going to do this? OK, but listen, <laughs> I was so excited for this new job. I knew he was going to get a new office. So I wanted to help him decorate his new office in a way that would be like themed and the things that Pradeepin loves, right? So I go to IKEA. Where are my IKEA people at? I go to IKEA. I buy this giant map, which, by the way, I had to hold on top of my car to get home because because it was so big and I get home and it's this long box and I wrap it with like multiple different wrapping paper because one wasn't enough because it was that big and I'm so excited to show it to him and I say okay come into the living room he comes in the living room and I'm like he's opening it and he's unwrapping it and taking taking him a second and he looks at it and he looks at me and he's just awkward <laughs> and I'm like you know what it is right and he's like yeah a map <laughs> yeah, it's not just a map, man. Like, this is the biggest map of your life, okay? Like, this is going to be amazing in your new office. And I tell you what, it is so awkward. And he just looks at me and he just goes, uh, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Amrita. I mean, how are you supposed to respond when you don't like the gift? <laughs> like, I'm not the best actor, so my polite smile did not convince anybody. Thank you. <laughs> you know, if we're honest, some of us are, you know, just like me. We don't respond the best way when it comes to receiving gifts, especially if we're not sure what to do with them. Some of us can't even receive a compliment without yeah. getting a little bit awkward. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I think it made us think about this question. Why is it so difficult for us to accept gifts? Why is that so hard for us? And as I was thinking through this and praying through this, I think there are a few reasons I think we can name one of them is that many of us, when we receive a gift or we're trying to receive a gift, we just don't feel like we deserve it. 
I mean, have you ever had someone give you something so generous or be so generous with their time or their money or their talent or something, and it just actually makes you feel horrible about yourself, you know? And, and you're just like, well, I, ca- I cannot, rec- I can't accept this. I can't give anything back to you, you know? And I think that's the other thing is it's hard to receive gifts because we don't quite know how to reciprocate that gift. Like, I don't know how to match your gift. I don't know how to be as thoughtful as you. I have some friends that are just so thoughtful. They pay attention to like the little snacks and candies that I love and they show up in my door and my mailbox and I'm like, oh, I am never that thoughtful, you know? Like, and we, we feel like we just can't sip, reciprocate that kind of gift giving. Maybe you are someone who doesn't want to, you hesitate to receive a gift because you don't actually want to receive a gift from that person because you don't want that relationship to actually flourish. You're actually more like, I was hoping we were going the opposite direction in this relationship. And so by receiving a gift and accepting a gift, it communicates that this friendship is going in the opposite direction, right? So we don't always want that relationship to grow. And then I think there are some of us that we actually feel selfish receiving gifts. We may have grown up in a house or in a home or even in our our culture where you don't receive gifts because everything is, is supposed to get attention away from you. So when someone tries to give you a gift, if you accept it, it actually feels like shameful. Like you shouldn't be having attention on yourself. And I think there are these different reasons why we resist accepting gifts. But I think we have to look closely at that and why that is. Because if I'm honest with you, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the gift of life and salvation, all of us need to get really good at accepting and receiving gifts. Amen? And so today, we want to talk about some of the gifts God gives us that we need to receive this Christmas season. And we believe that, number one, the ultimate gift is the presence of God. In fact, the gift of God's presence is the ultimate present. You know, during Christmas time, we will often hear the term Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's a name for God. And I believe that one of the best things we could ever receive is acknowledging that God isn't just above us, judging us, watching us, but God is among us. He's in our midst. In fact, God still loved the world that he gave his son. And this isn't just a normal person. This is God in human skin. God has lived in our midst, showing us a better way of being human, but also helping us experience life and life abundantly. God in human skin, that's Jesus. And so before there was ever an elf on a shelf, there was God in a bod. That's the story of Christmas. And so the world, though, let's let's just acknowledge it. The world is filled with pain and injustice and brokenness and sickness and turmoil. There's a lot of junk in this world. But we have to see that God didn't have this as the original intent for humanity. We were designed for love and joy and peace, but something's gone incredibly wrong, dare I say, off script with what the original author and finisher of our faith had in mind. In fact, during Christmas time, I like to think of God as a director, a writer, and he makes this amazing play for kids. It's this beautiful production, and he said, I'm going to design this thing with joy, humor, love, life. And he puts this play together. There's a huge audience. The theater's packed. All of the people are in wardrobe, costumes with actors and actresses on stage. And then it begins. 
and things are going great. But then one actor forgets a line and kind of improvs and goes off course. And then the actress, not really knowing what to do, kind of improvises along with this person. And they're not using the script that God, the author and director, wrote. And suddenly they're like, ah, I'm sorry, I forgot my line, so I'm just going to murder you. And then I'm going to betray you. And I'm going to introduce sickness. And God's watching this play. Is like, what are you doing with my beautiful script? This is a play for children. My children. And now you're murdering each other? Like you've inserted disease and sickness and all this brokenness. But the, the room is packed, so God can't just like stop the play. So what he does is he finds one of the extra costumes. And God says, I'm going to put this on, and I'm going to enter in to my own play. So he becomes Jesus. He enters the scene, and he says, I'm going to use my improv skills to bring this play back to its original, glorious, joy-filled plot. And he says, oh, hey, oh, I see you murdering each other. But don't you mean you want to love each other? And the actors are like, oh, oh, yeah. Yes, we love redemption boys and girls. And God is in the scene and helping them and finally directing them to this peace, this joy, this hope, this love. And in the same way, this is what Christmas is all about. Something has gone totally wrong with humanity. There's a brokenness that we couldn't fix ourselves. But Jesus didn't abandon us. In fact, he entered into the story of our lives and said, let me be with you and guide you on a better path, one of hope and life and joy. And for those of us who feel lost, confused, your story is not over. But Jesus wants to walk hand in hand with you and saying, hey, you might have hit a roadblock. You might be confused. But don't put a period where God has put a comma because your story is not over yet. God is with us. You know, it's during this time of Christmas, I remember that my family used to only go to church during Christmas time. In fact, my family is very well acquainted with the idea that there's something that's gone wrong with the world. My family grew up during a civil war in Sri Lanka, experienced a lot of tragedies. They're able to escape as refugees to America, and they went from tropical island paradise to Minnesota in the wintertime. I mean, it was intense, and they couldn't speak the English very well. They're practicing Hindus. How are we going to start over? In fact, the trauma got so intense that they decided that they're going to end their lives as a family. This is my dad, my mom, my sister. But a pastor saw my family and said, you know what? You don't have to do that. In fact, why don't I help you get a new start? Your story's not over. Come live with me in my house with my wife and our three sons. It's just a small trailer home, but we'll make room for you. And they shared the gospel and love with my family. And my family went from wanting to end their lives. And they received Jesus in this new start. And they said, we want to move forward. We want to live with this life of love. In fact, we're feeling so optimistic about the future. We want to create a new life. And that's when they got pregnant with me. I'm just saying, like, God wants to enter your story in the mess, in the midst. He wants to bring you to this glorious future. And I think that's a gift that we need to accept. Amen. Amen. You know, the second gift that we believe that we need to receive is the gift of salvation. Everybody say salvation. salvation. 
Salvation isn't something that we earn, but it's a gift to receive. You know, if you're sitting out here this morning and you're one of those people, you feel like you're barely hanging on or you're feeling trapped or you're feeling just not very Christmassy and it doesn't feel like a good time. It doesn't feel like a Christmas season. I know many people in this congregation who are facing the holidays with a loved one that is gone for the very first time. You know, this is a hard time in your life. And you know, one thing that I think is so difficult is on top of that, we struggle because we feel like we have to earn God's love. We feel like we have to earn his comfort. We feel like we have to earn his salvation. But listen, that is not how salvation works. I want to look at the scriptures and explain what salvation actually is. Ephesians 2, 8 says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.15 says this, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Did you notice the words in these scriptures? This actually explains what salvation is. God saved us by his grace. While we were sinners, he saved us by his grace. The gift, he gives us the gift of eternal and everlasting life, right? He grants us, grants us forgiveness for the mistakes that we've made. Maybe you're sitting here in a heap of just guilt. The gift of salvation is also a gift of forgiveness so that you might be free in Christ. The gift of salvation means that we have been saved from a life of sin and death. So we have to ask ourselves, why is it so difficult to receive and accept this gift of salvation? Why do I feel like I have to earn this? We have to look at this so carefully. You know, I used to travel internationally quite a bit. When Pastor Pradeepan and I were first married, I would travel to Southeast Asia for my job. I would go about three times a year, and I would go for about two to four weeks at a time. And so there was so much that would happen. I mean, I would leave him home with all of the responsibilities at home. In fact, just this last October, I left again for 10 days to go on a trip internationally. And this time, it was even crazy crazier to leave him at home because we have two little kids, okay? And there was so much to do at home. One kid get, gets on the bus every morning. The other kid, you have to drive to school. You got to remember to feed them and bathe them and do the laundry and all these things that he had to do all by himself. I just left him, right? And uh, can you give him a round of applause because that's pretty good. I'm just a vessel. Well, well, it gets better and worse for me, okay? Because every time I would go on one of these trips, after I had been gone, after I left him with everything at home, he would come to the airport, he would pick me up with a bouquet of flowers. Every single time. And for 11 years, he has done that. And uh, it made me feel horrible because I was like, I just left you at home with all of these responsibilities and you're not only coming to get me, but you're bringing me flowers? I don't deserve this. I didn't earn this. If anybody earned flowers, it's him, right? And it would just make yeah. me feel, it would make me feel so bad, you know? 
And I think this is how we feel about the gift of salvation. We feel like we have to earn it. We feel like we didn't do enough to get it. We feel like all of these things that keep us from accepting the free gift of salvation and everlasting life with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this morning that Christmas is about a God who came to a broken world to rescue us. Some of you are sitting here and you say, I need to be rescued. That's me. If that's you, I just want to tell you, you don't have to do anything for it. God loves you exactly where you are. So don't be so quick, church, to reject the gift of God that he gives us in salvation, in his grace, in his mercy, in his forgiveness. I need it. You need it. I remember a time I was just thinking we were talking about this. 15 years ago, I moved to Colorado Springs. It's actually where I met Pastor Pradeepan. And I was so excited because my story is that I was adopted when I was a little girl, when I was four years old, I was adopted from the country of India. God's hand was on my life. I grew up in a really loving home. And you know what? I couldn't wait to get to a place in my life where I wanted to give back the love that I had been given. I wanted to work with orphans. I wanted to work with adopted kids. I just wanted to give it because I had just been so blessed. My life was so changed by people who brought me into their home and said, you know, God sets the lonely in families, right? So I wanted to do the same thing. And so sure enough, I moved to Colorado Springs and I had gotten a job at the same adoption organization that completed my adoption in 1986. So it was like a full circle moment for me, right? And I was so excited. It was my dream job. In fact, the day that, the, the day that I started, my roommate put on the door, have a great day at your dream job. And I was so excited. My head was held high. I was going to change the world, right? And I get there. And sure enough, in the days that followed, I out of nowhere, became gripped with crippling anxiety. And it was so, I had never experienced anything like it before. I didn't know what was going on. I had just moved to a new city. Maybe there was just stuff that was coming up for me. I don't know. But it was so bad that I could not get out of bed. And I don't know if you've ever been through anything like this, but you feel like you're not yourself. It's really embarrassing. And I had to quit my job. I had to quit the job that I was so excited for because I was just completely not functional. And I, I, I felt just so disappointed in myself. And you know what I think often happens is when we feel disappointed in ourselves, we think, well, God must be disappointed too. He must be disappointed in me too. And I, I just felt like, well, what could God give me at this time? I don't deserve it. I, I had to quit my job. Something's wrong with me. All these different things that went on. And, and it was just so difficult to accept, even in the moments of my darkest times, accept the free gift of grace, accept the God who would be able to pull me out of that pit because I just felt like I didn't deserve it. And you know, I finally sought help. I finally started going to a local church in that city every single Sunday. And I tell you what, you guys, over a period of time, God completely transformed my life. And I was completely free of crippling anxiety. And I've never had it again. Wow. Never had it again. And maybe that's you this morning. And you say, oh my gosh, how, how do I get that? I want that free gift. Just accept it. Just accept it. You don't have to work for it. You know, whenever I struggle to think that I have to earn God's grace, to earn his movement in my life, I remember this scripture in Romans 8, and it says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ 
died for us. This is good news for those of us who are struggling. Because you know what it means? It means that you don't have to have your mess all cleaned up before you can accept the gift of grace in your life. It means that if you're not okay, you know, at, at our church, we have a value. We say that it is okay to not be okay. So if you're in church and you're not okay, you're in a good spot. Because the scripture says, while you were a mess, while you were still sinning, while you didn't have to have your act together, while you still feel like you're super disappointed in yourself, Christ died for you, that you might be free, that you might be whole, that you might experience him in a real way. I remember saying, God, I want to experience the reality of your presence in my life as strongly or more as I experienced this crippling anxiety. And it happened. It happened. And all I had to do was receive the free gift of God's grace and forgiveness in my life. You know, the last 13 weeks at our church, we've been on a freedom journey where we got into small groups and we went through a curriculum um, of really exploring areas of freedom in our life. And I want to tell you that there are people just last week who stood up on this stage and they testified about how God set them free from different things in their life. And I want to tell you this because none of these people had to earn it. God just by accepting his free gift began to free us in our church. I want to tell you a few of those testimonies. I had a girl in my small group who is now over two weeks clean of substances in her life, addictions in her life. There is another person, a couple of people who are just so crippled with fear. There's so much fear in our world right now. Fear of getting sick. Fear of financial insecurity. And both of those people stood up here on Sunday, last Sunday, and said, I am free of fear. I don't feel the fear anymore that I used to about these things. Someone else said, you know what? I suffered from seasonal depression for so many years of my life. And they said, I just cried out to God for freedom. God, would you give me freedom in this area of my life? And do you know that this year, this season, and it's been a pretty dark season, right? They have been freed of seasonal depression. Isn't God good? He's so amazing. This last one I want to tell you, another person stood up here and they said, I have been freed of a 15-year addiction to online sexual addiction and activity in my life. 15 years. Can I tell you that it's never too late? It's never too late to accept the free gift of grace and salvation on your life. I mean, I think sometimes the enemy puts this thought in our head, well, that's for everybody else. It's not for me. It's way too late. What do I really have to gain anymore? It's not too late. God wants to free you. And all you have to do is receive the gift of freedom, the gift of salvation. Whatever you're bound in, God can free you today. I want to leave you with this quote by C.S. Lewis. It says this, Lewis says this, God gives his gifts where he finds the vessel empty enough to receive them. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, I feel pretty empty. I feel a, a, a bit empty in my soul. I want to tell you that you're in the perfect place to receive God's gift of grace and salvation. It is free. And listen to this. Everybody pay attention. You are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth a Jesus who came and died so that you might have a true life. Receive his free gift of salvation. Amen? Amen. And once that gift is given, it needs to be received. And Christmas is kind of an interesting time because Christmas is the birthday of Jesus. And yet we give gifts to everybody but the birthday boy. If I, it was my birthday, I'd be so angry at all of you. This is my birthday. <laughs> You give me a gift. We celebrate this season in such a weird way, considering it's his birthday. 
But I, I think this year we need to ask, what does God want for Christmas? And so point three, Christmas is the birthday of Jesus, yet we give gifts to everybody but him. But let's make this year special by giving him what he wants, which is your heart. Have you ever asked God, what do you want for your birthday? Well, there's some scriptures that kind of show us the desires of God's heart. Second Peter 3.9 says, but he bears patiently with you his desire, his birthday wish, his Christmas wish, his desire being that no one should perish, but all should come to repentance. He doesn't want you to die. He doesn't want you to suffer forever. He wants you to repent, which means to turn your life around, to change the way you think about God and life. That's his Christmas wish. Revelation 3.20 says, look, Look, Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. God desires to share a meal with you, to have an ongoing relationship with you. Not just a one-time thing, but a continued relationship. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So God wants a relationship with you. God desires that you'd experience life and life abundantly, that you wouldn't be surrounded by death and suffering, but hope, joy, and peace. And so uh, this year, why don't we give Jesus the gift that he actually wants? Our lives, our hearts, our adoration. And, and God, just to be clear, this gift counts for both Christmas and your birthday. You don't get two. But let's give him the gift that he actually desires. You know, my son, our son is seven years old now. And with great pain in my heart, I, I have to acknowledge that he, uh, he's better at Mario than I am. <laughs> he's continually defeating levels that I can't. And it's a little embarrassing. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Shame, maybe. But he's better than me at Mario. But there's a part of the relationship with my son that I so desire that's not there. He's seven, and for the most part, he's nonverbal, can't talk. And you know, a lot of the dreams I had for our relationship isn't there as I always imagined it to be. You know, it's developing, it's growing, but since he got this special needs diagnosis, things have shifted. And honestly, uh, the greatest gift that I could ever receive, the greatest prayer in my heart is, I just want an uninterrupted relationship with my son. I don't want anything to separate us. I want to understand him, and I want him to understand me. And me being an imperfect father, someone who will intentionally sabotage his Mario game so he doesn't win, <laughs> if this is the love I have for him. How much more does our heavenly father desire a relationship with you? I mean, he loves you. He desires to be with you. He has hopes and dreams for a life lived with you. And so I think, the best gift we could ever give God is our hearts. God, I, I will live a life with you. God, I surrender to you. God, I'm sorry for my past. Would you help me walk hand in hand with you? So today, like we've been praying, we don't want to just celebrate Christmas. We want to experience the reality that God is with us. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer, even right now. And I believe it's a, a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of presence. It's prayer saying, God, I will give you the desire of your heart. I'll give you my life. And I'm going to have us in a moment just take a stand and make a physical act of saying, Lord, I will give you my heart. I will give you your birthday wish. And so could we just bow our heads and close our eyes and create a holy moment between us and God? God, thank you so much for the gift of your presence. Thank you for the gift of salvation. 
thank you so much that it's not by might or strength or persuasive words, but by your spirit that lives are changed eternally. So Lord, I, I just pray in this Christmas season that we would be able to dwell with you, have a relationship with you, that there'd be no boundary between us and you. And so Lord, I pray that you'd open up our hearts to receive everything that you have for us to walk in. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. We'll be back here every week with fresh content. But hey, I want to give you an invitation to our Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you in person. We have multiple service times every single Sunday morning in downtown Bellevue, Washington. If you would be interested in joining us, just go to www.kalos.church. All the information you need is there. You can actually even click a link to sign up and save a seat so we can help make sure you feel comfortable coming and hanging out with us in person. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.